0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland.
1: And I'm the other host, Asia Bonia. It's Monday, so we are back with another episode. And today we are covering the first half of Crossed, which is the second book in Ali Condi's Match Trilogy.
0: And for anyone who's new to our show, we're a podcast with the Nerd Pray Network. We're best friends, and we read and reread YA literature from our adolescence and share books with each other that one of us has read and the other hasn't. So this was actually suggested by Asia and a listener, And I think we've both been enjoying the series so far.
1: Yeah, I'm really starting to enjoy it, I think, with this book. I feel like I was a little more skeptical with the last book, with how cheesy and corny it was. But I feel like my mind has been a little bit changed. But Charles is going to give us a plot summary before we dive in.
0: Yeah, so Kasha has been at a work camp and Kai has been a human shield in a war zone for the last few months since the last book. They both want to find each other, and Kasha has had some contact with the Outer World. Xander comes and visits Kasha, and this gives her the chance to get some information, so she and her friend Indy break out and start hiking through a mostly uninhabited area. A mostly uninhabited area called the Carving after Kai. Kai is with two friends, only one of whom actually survives, and eventually Kasha does catch up with them, and the two are reunited which is kind of where we ended. So it was truly a perfect halfway point in the book. Also, they're headed towards a rebellion called The Rising, which might be led by a guy called The Pilot. That's sort of unclear. So that's kind of where we are. My impression was that the reading left us with some questions. I have one basically for the end of the episode, and I really didn't want to stop because, like, I didn't want to stop reading because I wanted to get into discussions of my question. So. Yeah, that's all I'll say for now.
1: Okay, well, for my impression, I just have to say I am, like, kind of really enjoying the series now. I feel like the last two episodes of the book, we were both kind of skeptical, and I was just like, oh, I don't know if this, like, kind of genre is for me anymore, but I will still, I think them being separated and having to find each other, like, really intrigued me more, and I feel like their love story has kind of grown on me a little bit more. Like, it feels a little more serious now and maybe that's just me my hopeless romantic side getting caught up in the moment but i did really enjoy this section of the reading and i am looking forward to continuing
0: so to dive into the plot unlike the last book we actually now have chapters that follow characters we aren't just getting Cassia's perspective we're also getting kai which makes sense they're in two different places so we need chapters so we need chapters that come from both groups, basically.
1: Which I, I'll i say for me, I think this also, this idea of getting two perspectives now, like, really increased my interest as well. Like, I like getting Kai's perspective as well, because I do feel Kai is a little bit more mature. So I feel like maybe I like reading from him a little bit more.
0: He's definitely more mature.
1: He's definitely more mature. So I feel like it's, that brings, like, a higher element to it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Charles said he has questions at the end. We'll see if he feels the same way or feels completely differently. But with Kai, we start with some exposition with him and someone he meets named Vic. And we get this kind of rule about aberrations and anomalies that if your parent gets reclassified, your whole family does too. But if the child gets reclassified, then they're the only ones who are affected. Like, so how... Kai's father became an aberration so he had to become an aberration but if he would have done something his parents or like siblings would not have been affected which this is also why Kai but more specifically Tasha she like speaks about how this makes her feel safer in like choosing to break the rules and break away and leave the society because she knows that her family won't be affected by her actions because she like talks about it. She talked about a little bit in the first book about how she like, she loved Kai and like wanted to look for him, but she was worried about how it could affect her family because she doesn't want to be the reason that her whole family's lives are destroyed.
0: Yeah. It still feels barbaric to like reclassify People for crimes that their relatives, their parents did. And also reclassification just as a process feels kind of barbaric. Like, why not help people and reform them rather than designating them permanently as second-class citizens? But, I mean, I know why they do it, because they're supposed to be a utopian society and they're trying to basically breed out decide, uh Breed out qualities that are not desirable. But it doesn't make me like their society because I think it's bad.
1: It also, like, doesn't fully make sense. I get, like, the whole point of, like, if your parents do something, they it affects the family because they're assuming that, like, their genes are what it's affecting. But I feel like it should more so be the other way around, if anything. Because if your kid, like, murders somebody, like, what if it's because their parents were abusive? Like, you know how it's always, like, hurt people hurt people? I feel like it's more likely... I mean, not always, of course, because some people are just crazy, but I feel like criminals and stuff, it's because you were like raised in a bad environment, which I guess maybe they don't have that because everything's controlled in the society or at least like in the portion of society, the people who are citizens. But that is like an interesting way of thinking about it. I do think that, like Charles said, you should really be judged on your own actions. It shouldn't affect other people. It is like very barbaric. So we also get some exposition from Kasha which is more like a conversation of a confirmation of something that we kind of talked about in the last book how I had thought that at some point they mentioned the blue tablet meant something but we get confirmation of this for sure and It's that the blue tablet with water can keep you alive for a day or two. So it's basically, if you think of it like maybe like a food supplement or whatever, that's what they're told. So, or that's what Cash has been told and understands it to be. So, of course, then you would assume it's a very good thing to have for her if she's planning on breaking away to go find Kai in the wilderness.
0: But then that actually gets flipped on its head the next chapter when Vic tells Kai that the blue tablet doesn't save you. It's actually poison, and in my roots, I wrote, well, F. And I can't say that word on our podcast, but I think I think you know what it is.
1: Yes, so I pulled the exact quote for this because this was like, a, oh my gosh. This is like basically the opposite of what we've been told about the blue tablet. And Vic says that they stop you. If you take one, you'll slow down and stay where you are until someone finds you or you die waiting. Two will finish you outright. So, when he says that, I was immediately like, well, is this true? I feel like coming from the, like, aberration anomalies, I feel like it is true because I feel like they actually know more of the harsh realities of, like, what goes on, like, behind the facade of the society. So, I did assume it to be true based on what he said, and... If that is true, then is Kasha going to end up taking them? Because obviously she thinks it's going to be her savior. And if she takes them, like, is she going to drop dead? Like, I would assume not since she's the main character. But, I don't know. We don't want to get, you know, divergent repeat.
0: Yeah. And this left me not only with, yes, is Kasha going to take one? Is she going to be poisoned? It also left me with another question that I'm going to circle back to at the end of the episode. Because I want to do a more complete discussion of and I have questions about. Then next we should mention that Xander comes to visit Kasha, and they use his visit as an opportunity to trade with an archivist. And Kasha gives up the compass from Kai for info, and basically she finds out that there's a brewing rebellion, which makes sense. And To me, she's really conflicted about whether or not she should trade the tablets or the compass. And Kai doesn't care. Xander is, like, very glad that she kept the gift from him and traded away the gift from Kai. But to me, it makes sense that she got rid of the compass, because while the compass is cool, she can't use it. She doesn't know how to use it, and also, she doesn't know whether she has to go north, south, east, or west. So... Like, because she doesn't know the cardinal direction of her destination, she doesn't really need a compass. So I think it was a good choice to get rid of that because theoretically the blue tablets are useful to her. But what did you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with you that, and I agree with her decision to give away the compass, especially because, I mean, even like you're saying, she doesn't know where she's going. But, like, she literally doesn't even know how to work the compass. Like, she doesn't even understand what it is. Like, so, obviously, it means something to Kai, and it's important to her because of that. But in her mind, obviously, she has this compass that she doesn't know how to use, or she has these blue tablets that, like, are basically a food replacement. So, obviously, you would keep the tablets. And I know she, like, shows them to Xander, and, like, that makes him happy. But, like, it's kind of the rational choice, and I feel like she made it in that sense. Like, if it was just an emotional decision, she would have kept Kai's compass. Yeah,
0: I know, because he's, like she's like see Xander I haven't completely given up on you and I was like that doesn't mean anything I was like
1: also I will say I was like give up on Xander like Kai is the better choice like now that we're reading from her his perspective like Kai is just so much better I mean obviously we haven't read from Xander but like
0: either way I was just like her
1: there's just so much wrong with the society and like yeah
0: but even again like yeah even if it was like Xander reading into it that it's an emotional decision is not at all accurate. Like, yeah, to me, I'm just like it's a survival decision. Also, it's a decision still about Kai. Like, Xander shouldn't get his hopes up because of it.
1: Yeah, I think he's just like kind of grasping at straws and like taking what he can get from her, which I understand, and I also understand why. Cash obviously still cares for him because he is her best friend, like, has been her best friend her whole life. So even if she, like, doesn't want to be, like, matched, like, romantically involved, she still loves him, like, as a person. So, like, and I understood, like, why she said, like, she didn't want to lose them both. (laughs) Gail. I mean, literally, the best friend is never the right choice. Well, I guess that's not always true, but I feel like, Again, it goes back to, I mean, as I'm sure we're going to go back to the story, just like in The Hunger Games, Gale with Katniss, like, they really didn't actually have, like, the same beliefs, the same, like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they didn't have romantic interests. Also, I mean, I could write a whole essay on how the fact that their relationship in The Hunger Games trilogy is a completely business relationship at first. They work really well as hunters, and they protect their families. They're not like romantic with each other until she's not available to him. And then he's like, I'm so in love with you.
1: I think it's also not to get on a hunger games rant right now, but I think for Gail and Katniss, yes, it's a business relationship, but also their relationship like developed into like, they would like lay their lives down for each other. Like they'll take a bullet for one another. So I feel like that level of friendship can turn into like romantic feelings like that kind of like, I can't live without you kind of feeling. But Katniss got that experience with PETA in the Hunger Games in a way that like Gale, like they didn't relate. And also again, ultimately at the end, their beliefs were very different. Like Gale was like, you know, kill the people from the Capitol. So I feel like that also, like as they grew up, they were growing apart as opposed to like closer together. But Back to this story I and how we're relating this. I feel like the same thing is happening with Kasha and Xander in that I don't know if we don't really know Xander's thoughts on the society. But I would assume, you know, he's like, you know, keep your head down, do well. And like you can have a decent life like where they've been set up. Whereas Kai obviously has been given this aberration status that he has no control over. So it's kind of like he doesn't have that inherent privilege that kasha and xander do so of course he's gonna have a different perspective and like it's gonna be more automatic for him to question things and i feel like kasha getting to get to know getting to know getting to know kai has kind of opened her eyes to that and now that she's seen it she can't like turn her back on it whereas they feel like xander is gonna be well i'm okay so that's what matters like you know what i mean
0: yes i agree
1: Which I do think that Kai and Xander are kind of similar just on basement. when we got with Kai because at least from Kai's thoughts right now, he isn't necessarily like fully for the rising. There's like a really or I found it a really powerful line where he says like how the reason he didn't get killed in like the bombing was because he wasn't at his father's like rebellion meetings he's like, I stopped going to the rising meetings and I'm alive. So I feel like he is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of he's just in survival mode right now. Like he wants to survive. And now, you know, he's in love with Kasha. So he just wants to be with her, but he's not necessarily in the mode of, you know, I want to like be a part of the rebellion and like fight back. Like that's not where he is right now. He's, Obviously not privileged, but he's like, I'm not necessarily, like, I want to be on the first line of fighting. So I feel like that's kind of interesting how they're, like, opposites, at least right now. I don't know if you noticed that.
0: No, I did. I did. I agree.
1: Whereas Kasha, on the other hand, I feel like her thoughts are all, she's super excited to hear that there's this rising, there's this rebellion. She wants to know if Kai knows about it because she, like, absolutely wants to be a part of it. Yes. So... Anyway, so then we switch back to kai's perspective, and he is making an escape plan because him and the other aberrations are basically they the officials have like sent them to like empty villages basically to pretend like they're villagers for this enemy. they literally refer to them as the enemy will like continue to bomb them and literally just like kill people in the masses. So he is like, we have to get out of here or I have to get out of here if I want to like live and be able to see Kasha. So he has an escape plan and he like has a great plan. And I'm just thinking, you know, how on earth is Kasha going to find him while he like, once he's on the move also, because at this point she's still at her like work assignment. Like she hasn't like left yet or like tried to run yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I thought the same thing, like, also because she gets transferred to the same village, basically told the same thing as Kai, the day after he leaves, like, they're fake, they're fake farming cotton, and Kai's doing it, then he, he breaks out, runs away, and the next day Kasha arrives, and they're like, you're going to be fake farming cotton, and then she, like, they would have been reunited if Kai had been there for like 24 hours longer, I mean, I don't know if it was exactly a day apart, but, like, because we were reading it like that, it felt like it was a day apart.
1: No. No, yeah. I was definitely, I was writing, I was like, I know that they're going to leave and that's, like, Cash is going to show up the next day. But it actually turns out it's not the exact same camp because the camp that they left, like, most of the people, most of the aberrations of people that were there, most of them died. Like, I think because we get one boy who was a survivor. There was only, like, five sure. of them who survived, and only one of them ends up at the camp that Kasha and her friend Indy end up at. And he said it happened two days before. So they were, like, a couple days behind, and then they were, like, a few miles farther from where they were. Sure. So she talks to this kid, and she ends up, Figuring out, you know, that Kai's been here like she asked about him and this the one kid who was a survivor from the bombing that Kai was at that he escaped from. He knows who he is, so she knows that she's she knows that she's getting closer to Kai and her friend Indy, who she like met at her work camp. They like approach the boy and they kind of trade for him to give info on how they can catch up with Kai and they realize that they're basically going to have to run a marathon because, like I said, this camp is farther away from where Kai and his group went into, what is it, the carving, I think it's called, which is basically like, I don't know. I was imagine, like, the Grand Canyon kind of, like, vibes, like, just rocks and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't imagine it quite as the Grand Canyon, but I imagined it kind of like in the Chronicles of Narnia in Prince Caspian when they're going through the gorge that used to be a river.
1: Yeah, something like that. Just like rocky terrain, like because they end up doing like rock climbing and stuff and like, so that's just what I was imagining. But they have to run like literally like a marathon marathon the 26.2 like I think they say like between 25 and 30 miles is how far and I was like well at least it's been established obviously that Kasha as a character she's a good runner she ran a lot on her like treadmill because they're they said they have to run this marathon overnight like before light comes or they'll get caught and they're gonna go because he says that he knows that that's where Kai went and again, back to the maze runner, all this running, like just another reason, like I would never survive any of these dystopian or like rebellion stories because there's absolutely no way I would be running a marathon with no training. I mean, like I said, at least we can say Cash is like clearly a decent runner, but like to run a marathon, like people train, people In train the dark. months.
0: Yeah. They're also carrying things, like they've got packs.
1: They've got packs, they've got their coats, and they're running in the dark, which is why, like, they trip. They trip and fall multiple times.
0: Unfamiliar territory. And she also has to, like, guard her back because she doesn't really know Indy and the guy she's with that well. Like, yeah, they're all running, but, like...
1: I do think it was nice. I mean, so far, there's been no betrayal, but, like, they said, kind of, like, they needed each other to, like, get through the run.
0: Emotionally support to make it through. Like, can you
1: imagine, like, the shin splints? Like... Oh my god. There's no way. I would have I would have died. Also like also cuz later cash starts to feel sick. I'm like I would have gotten sick. Like I would have gotten sick and just died from even attempting to do that.
0: Yeah. It sounds truly horrible. Like I definitely have zero interest in doing that. If you told me I had to run a marathon, I would just die. Like I would instantly die because I don't I don't run at all. And I have no <laughs> desire to do it. My dad just asked me today if I want to do the turkey trot at Thanksgiving. And I obviously do not want to because I don't believe in writing.
1: <sighs> also, like, I, the fact they had to do it overnight, like, that's what, like 10 hours, 12 hours? Like, I don't know what a marathon time is, but like.
0: That's sleeping time. That's sleeping time.
1: I guess if you think of, like, a mile time, like, fast runners' mile time is, what, like, six, seven minutes? Like, even if we said seven minutes...
0: I think professional runners run even faster than that, yes. ...times, like,
1: you think they run even faster than that?
0: I think so, because I could... I'm
1: thinking of, like, I'm thinking more of, like, an average person. Like, I could run... In middle school, I could run,
0: like, a a six-and-a-half, seven-minute mile.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm talking about the average adult.
0: Okay, I would say the average adult... If they can run a mile, so they're not average anymore. But I would say it's like nine minutes.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I remember in middle school and stuff, like an A, because we used to get graded on mile times, which let's talk about how controversial that is to be graded on how physically fit you are when you're in middle school. But I think an A, like in seventh or eighth grade, it was like just over eight minutes was like an A. And then obviously the longer you got.
0: that's wild
1: it was a lower grade but it was like around 8 minutes for like a 12 13 year old so I'm thinking if they were like I'm saying because Kasia is like a trained runner like she runs a lot so usually you're a little faster so like 7 minutes but that would still be like I don't know I just I could never do it I would have just been like I'm just gonna die here (laughs) I'm not gonna
0: make it yeah that's yeah just no just no Absolutely not. And so we do find out now that both of the groups of children, so we have Kasha and Indy and the boy who dies and Kai, Eli and Vic, and both groups are talking and they are both aware of this rebellion. It's called the rising and they, there's a suspected figurehead leader called the pilot and that They also quote a line from that Tennyson poem about the pilot. And that's kind of your key to entry in the rebellion. And it's kind of unclear if, like, the pilot actually exists, or the pilot is just a title, or it's just an idea. But they're vaguely, both groups are vaguely running towards the rebellion.
1: Did we read the Tennyson poem? I don't think so. We only read the Dylan Thomas one last episode.
0: Yeah, we didn't read the full Tennyson poem. Wait, let me... Because that... That one wasn't as important in the previous book.
1: I was just going to... I think we should read, like, not the whole thing, but, like, that portion that keeps getting said. Sure. Because the poems are at the beginning, at least in my book. But the poem is Crossing the Bar, and it's the last stanza that Kai repeats a couple times. He, like, says it because they while he's out there him and Vic like bury a lot of the dead bodies and he like feels like he needs to say words so he says this a lot and apparently this is like kind of like a password for the rising like specifically this stanza because it mentions the pilot so it goes for though from out are born of time and place the flood may bear me far I hope to see my pilot face to face when I have crossed the bar so, like that, those four lines, Kai said it, I don't know, like a hundred times in this book so far. Like he said it a bunch. Like, so at the beginning of the book, Ali Connie, she put the whole poem, but like that that specific stanza, the last stanza, has been mentioned a lot. So I just thought we could read it. So you know what we're referencing. But back to the insufferable romance. So kasha has been like constantly thinking about that she wants to have this beautiful original poem ready to tell kai when they're when they reunite like she's constantly working on it and she's like i don't know how i'm gonna be able to finish this and i will say i mean she has had months like they've been apart for a while and i feel like she's just now thinking about this when she should really be like in survival mode like I don't think she needs to be focusing on this original poem like she needs to focus on surviving and actually being able to find him so I just thought it was funny that she keeps talking about how oh my gosh I gotta write this poem and I'm like girl you just need to survive like what are you doing
0: yeah it's also just it's unrealistic that 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 part is unrealistic to me because if you are actually like fighting for survival and trying to look for someone No one would be thinking about writing a poem for their lover. Like, if you were on the run, that just would not be something that you would actually think about. Like, this is, like, one of those moments where I'm, like, either this is supposed to show what an innocent, lovesick putz this girl is and she's going to get taken advantage of, or it's just too cheesy for me. And I'm, like, this is just not how people think.
1: I think it is supposed to be, like, that super romantic, like, I mean, a lot of the, when I was doing the research a lot, like, I mean, Ali Khan, she even described her book as, like, being, like, it was really focused on, like, poetry. So it would make sense that that would be, like, important to her main character. And, like, I get it. I more so am, like, because she doesn't have any access to, like, paper. I mean, she doesn't, first of all, she doesn't even know how to write, like, fully. She doesn't know how to write. I forgot about that. She can't write anything down, and even if she could she doesn't have any pen or paper so i'm just like she's trying to keep these words in her head and i feel like there's so many things to be thinking about i personally like i can't imagine like trying to come up with words and remembering like to me a constant theme in the book has been like the poetry that they've been getting and like those forbidden poems that didn't make the like picking of the hundred and i think it's really cool how they're like repeating certain stanzas and certain parts of poems to like almost be, like, mantras for themselves. So, like, help them survive. But for her to, like, come up with a poem, like, I don't know, I guess, like I said, like, where are your priorities? Like, I understand you want to come up with an original poem, but, like, maybe you could think about that, like, when we're in peacetime and, like, you're reunited. But I, like, understand the, like, romanticism of it, of, like, she wants to have this beautiful original poem, and, like, some of the lines she comes up with are, like, nice, but it is, like... Yeah, like Charles said, maybe a little bit too cheesy.
0: Do you know any poems by heart?
1: No, I'm not really... I've never really been into poetry.
0: I used to... I had to learn Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by heart in eighth grade. And I probably still know most of it. I also had to learn Jabberwocky, which I definitely knew for a long time. I don't know if I could still do it. And I also had to learn ozymandias in 12th grade for extra oh my gosh, credit? you know what that
1: just reminded me of do you remember in composition when we had to do we had to make a dance to a poem do you remember that no you don't remember that
0: which composition english composition or dance composition
1: no i'm talking about dance composition when we i said make a dance
0: uh, our english composition professor definitely would have made us make a dance to an English essay. No,
1: our dance composition class, because as Charles and I mentioned before, we're both dancers, and we went to college for dance, and we had to take a composition class, which is basically learning how to choreograph dances. How do you not remember this? I can't remember. I think it was sophomore year, but we had to create a dance to a poem, and I did my poem. I did a Shel Silverstein poem, you know, so so childish, because oh, I've you never know, really I
0: almost definitely did Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening, didn't I? And miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep.
1: Maybe, but we had to like we had to say the poem, and so you had to memorize. So that's that's probably the only time in my life I've ever had to memorize a poem, and at least that I can think off the top of my head, because I don't think I ever that's had to when do our that for friend school. Did
0: Mountains, Mountains Between Us?
1: Yes, Mountain. <laughs> I. How wow. did you not remember that? But anyway, I did a Shell Silverstein poem, like, oh, it was like Underneath. Remember, Underneath.
0: Underneath. Underneath.
1: Underneath. 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 Yeah, because we had we could like change the poem a little bit. Well, anyway, I did some sort of poem like called like underneath something like that by Shel Silverstein. But we had to talk and dance. That's just what that reminded me of. But that was like probably the only time I've ever had to memorize a poem. I know in an English class at some point we like analyzed poems and like had to annotate them. But other than that, no, I've not really been like super into poetry. Not to say I don't like it, but I've never been into it that I'm, like, going to memorize it. Also, it's different, I feel like, when, again, we have 24-hour, 24-7 internet access. So if you ever wanted to look something up, like, you could just look it up. Whereas, obviously, in this world, they're forbidden to know anything. So it makes sense that they'd, like, be reciting it to themselves. Which is why, again, I I find it, like, kind of cool. Like, the appreciation is really there.
0: That's true. I'll have to practice before... I recite a poem on the episode.
1: (laughs) Back to the plot. So kind of in contrast to Kasha, Kai's thoughts are much more mature and reasonable. And again, for me, this is where... So I don't know if maybe it's... I'm specifically feeling like I'm understanding where Kai is coming from, but maybe not so much as Kasha. But after kind of hearing more of Kai's thoughts and everything he's really been through... And also how I kind of mentioned he doesn't believe in the society or the rising. And he also says he doesn't believe in good or bad luck. It kind of makes more sense to me how in the last book I kind of made fun of him because he says that he believes in Kasha. Which to me, I take that to mean that, you know, he now that he's like found Kasha and like has fallen in love with her, he believes in love and, you know, love gives you the strength to want to continue living, to want to survive. So, and even though they're not together, like, to want to see each other again. So, to me, like, especially, like, in the position he's in, like, where he's literally seeing people die every single day. Like, to me, him saying, I believe in Kasha is him saying, I believe in my love for her. And that is what's giving him hope. Because he doesn't believe in what the society is saying. And he doesn't necessarily believe in the rising. So he's like, I believe in cash. Like, that's the only thing that I know for sure. Like, I know that I love her. And I know that I want to keep living for her. And so because, like, getting his perspective on that, I'm definitely becoming more invested in their love story. And it just seems like it's a lot deeper than what I originally thought. Like, what I said in the last episode. Or last two episodes. When... He said that, like, it seemed really cheesy, and I feel like, for him at least, like, he needs that. He needs cash, he needs something to hold on to, to, like, want to keep surviving. Because, I mean, he basically now, I mean, he doesn't really have a family. Like, I know he had his adoptive parents, but, like, we don't even know what happened to them. i had assume that they were killed, but maybe that's a little too extreme for the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that Kai is more mature, and I do think his thoughts are more... Relatable because he's just lived more life than Kasha has, but I don't know. It's still kind of phony to me. Like they don't—they haven't known each other that long.
1: But I think I guess what I'm saying, because too, I'm I'm thinking of where I've been convinced has been from again since we've gotten Kai's perspective in this book as well. I feel like I'm convinced that Kai is that much in love with Kasha. Sure. Whereas Kashino is sitting over here in her love triangle. I still have Xander to fall back onto. But Kai, I feel like reading from his perspective, hearing his thoughts, there is no doubt in my mind that, like, he loves Kasha, He would die for her. I don't know if Kasha is quite at that point yet with Kai because she doesn't have, like, she has other things.
0: There are no stakes for her.
1: Well, there are just, like, less stakes. Like, Kai, again, like, Kai has nothing, basically. He's an aberration. He has no family, basically, he, like, he doesn't have any siblings. Like, I'm thinking, like, Kasha has her parents. She has her brother. Also, I mean, now, based on the decision she's made, she will be classified as an aberration, we're assuming. But before, she was still considered a citizen. She could be matched. She could have a family according to the society standards. Basically, what's pushing Kasha at this point is her seeing what the society is actually doing and recognizing that this is wrong. You know, she's, like, identifying that and, like, choosing Whereas, like, Kai doesn't have a choice. He's already been ousted from the society. So, for him, Kasha is something, like, to tether him to it and, like, hold on to. So, I don't know. So, for me, I feel like, like you said, like, Kai is more relatable, I think. So, for me, it felt more genuine coming from him. Whereas, like, no, I don't think I've gotten that with Kasha. But what I've gotten from Kai has made me become more invested.
0: Okay. I, that's fine. I, I I I agree. I'm not really that invested, but I, I intellectually take your point. I was really worried at first that we couldn't trust Indy. Like, when she's like, Kasia, give me your things. I'll carry them while we're climbing. I was like, you better not fall for the oldest trick in the book, Kasha, But she was fine. She seems actually genuinely supportive and very capable. And she's also got, like, dry humor. So I'm really hoping Indy stays around because... She's. I, we can trust her, I guess.
1: Me too. I like India as well. And for me, I wasn't really expecting her to do any sort of betrayal because, again, these people, she's an aberration. Like, they have nothing to lose. Like, I don't know. Her, like, attacking Kasha, or like, I just, to me, also, I feel like because of. The landscape they're in, like it's gonna be better to like survive with someone else, especially this person, Kasha. Like she's looking for other people, like to meet up with. Like I don't know, I feel like at this moment it wouldn't necessarily be in her best interest to like leave Kasha behind and try to go off on her own. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Because she doesn't really know she or she appears based on what she's shown us. She doesn't really seem to know where she's going either. So I wasn't really expecting that, but you know, you never know. There could always be a plot twist, a betrayal. But so, speaking of Indy and Kasha, so after running their literal marathon and climbing out of a gorge, then climbing back into it, Kasha is starting to feel very tired and hungry. They've like run out of food, and Kasha decides to take the blue tablet, which I was also wondering because. Kasha like says something about the blue tablets to Indy, and I was assuming Indy also knew that the blue tablets like what they really were, that they were poison because she's an aberration, and again, we're assuming the aberration's like, know, what's up and I think Indy makes like an interesting comment about the blue tablets, but she doesn't say explicitly, which could be because you know at this point, how she assumes Kasha is also an aberration, right? She doesn't know yes, anything about she Kasha's assumes family. That.
0: Yes, she assumes it, and also, like, yeah, I'm 100% sure Indy assumes that Kasha knows what the blue tablet is for.
1: Yeah, so she's like, oh, well, she's holding on to them, you know, in case we can't make it, and, you know, we have an easy way of, like, killing ourselves, I guess.
0: Yeah, or you want to Like, someone. if you're
1: like, we can't go any further, we'll just take the blue tablet, it'll make us lie down and fall asleep, and then we'll just die. So, she makes, like, a little com- comment about it, but, like, doesn't warn kasha obviously because if we're saying she's assuming that she would already know so kasha i think while indy is sleeping she ends up taking one of the blue tablets and of course you know as the reader we're like oh my gosh what's gonna happen we already know that this is poison according to everyone else like is it going to affect her because there has been talk of you know people being immune to the red tablet and we said that we're not sure if she's immune and I wonder if you're immune to one tablet are you immune to all the tablets so I don't know but Kasha ends up mentioning to Indy that she take that she took one and she's like oh my gosh that's why you're feeling sick like the blue tablets are poisoned but even though Kasia is starting to feel sick and like it's kind of felting her mental state and physical state she's able to like press on and like continue with like to me at least it appeared like not that many obstacles I feel like She said she was sick, but she's like, we like, let's just keep going.
0: Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Of course, as soon as she took it, I was like, um, is it poison? Is she going to be okay? But yes, she definitely gets sick, but she does just push through and she eats because Indy is like, you got to eat something. So she does push through a little bit.
1: Yeah. And then what also was weird about this scene, which, like, also, again, like, like, it didn't really make sense or, like, it wasn't logical, is so Cash takes a blue tablet, Indy tells her it's bad, and she started to feel sick. Like, she's not feeling well. She says, she says how, oh, this must be, like, an illness, which obviously in society they've, like, basically eradicated most illnesses. So, like, it's not very common, but obviously now they're out in the wilderness, she doesn't have any medicine, so she's like, oh, I'm just feeling sick. And Indy's like, no, it's because the blue tablet is poison. I don't know. I just feel like because she's feeling bad and, like, she took the tablet, like, I guess I don't know if she needed to 100% believe Indy, but, like, I feel like she really doubts what she's saying.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: And, like, I know it's because Xander gave them to her, but, like, I would just assume Xander didn't know either. But, again, this is where, at this point, because she's kind of, like, seems to almost be fighting off the effects, which, again, takes me back to, like, Divergent and, like...
0: She's immune Tris
1: being, like, immune to the serums and stuff. I feel like it's very similar to that. Also, based on, like, what Kai, like, says or, like, thinks that, like, she's stronger than it, it really is giving me that vibe, which, like, I didn't like that. I feel like that's not a good enough explanation, but, you know, hoping that we'll get further explanation on that.
0: Yeah, having main characters who have who are immune to illness is, like, the worst kind of plot armor, like.
1: Well, it just needs to be explained. Like, as long as you have a valid explanation for it, which, that's what I'm saying, I want to give the benefit of the doubt that, like, we will get one, if not by the end of this book, by the end of the series, but, like, right now, to just be, like, literally everyone said the blue tablet's poison, she takes one and she didn't die. So, like, or, like, not just die, but, like, she just didn't seem to be, like, that affected, but I guess maybe it's, like, supposed to say... She's trying to say, like, just how great her willpower is.
0: Yeah. I do want to circle back to the Xander thing, but I want to talk about that more at the end because it has to do with my final question. So let's circle back to...
1: Okay, so we can wait until then for that. But then after this, finally, Kasha and Kai reunite, which I was really excited for this part. I was really hoping we were going to get this moment before, like, the our reading cut off before the end of the first half of the book. And I was like, oh, of course, they've like met up right in the nick of time for Cash, you know, die from taking the blue tablets. But obviously, we're hoping.
0: Romeo and Juliet, are
1: you? Yes, but obviously, we're hoping that's not going to happen. And again, I still feel that I just, there's no way she's going to die. Like, we're in the middle of the second book and she's the main character.
0: Yeah, she doesn't die. She eats some food and Kai is like, Kasha is stronger than the society. She can resist the society because she does what she wants. Which is kind of sweet and romantic. But it's also very, very sappy and gross. But...
1: And it also just doesn't fully make sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, the honestly, the uh, earlier explanation he gives where he's like, she kept walking, she kept pushing, and that worked. I'm like, that is something. Like, maybe the, the tablet...
1: The willpower thing. No,
0: not willpower. I'm talking, like, if there's, like, a biological reason that, like, the tablet works more, like, if you stop moving. Because, like, it's... No,
1: and that's what I mean. Her willpower to, like, fight against... That's what I mean. Because it does sound like the blue tablet, like, it's poison in the sense of it is telling your body to, like, stop, yeah. to slow down. Like, it's making you sick. And so I'm saying in the sense of her mental willpower to be like, I'm going to keep pressing on no matter how bad I feel. She can resist. And then, able. obviously, she keeps going, It's more physic- she's more physically able to do it.
0: Yes, that's what I mean. Like, that is actually a better explanation that, like, the poison works better. Because, again, if you're supposed to take it as, like, food, and you're probably sitting down when you eat. And, like if you're, it's supposed to slow you down and it's just easier to just, like, rest, like, that would make sense that the... I mean, sense, I don't know about sense, but, like, that's at least an explanation that, like, by staying active, physically active, resists it because the tablet tricks you into being sedentary. I don't know, but I'm saying that's a better explanation than, like, Kasha is so pure of heart that she is just immune to the society. I'm like, that. that's not good enough. Because she's not immune to bullets, is she? Like,
1: no, yeah. That's also why, again, her like being able to keep going without stopping, like, to me, also didn't it didn't make sense to me why she wasn't questioning like what the blue tablets did to her because she said like she's like I I think Indy was like we should stop to rest like you're looking really sick and she's like we can't stop like because she knows that if she stops and sits down she will never get up that is like the feeling she's having which I'm like. Which I guess we have the bias of that's literally how Vic described the blue tablet. So that's why in my head I'm like, why don't you believe her? But she obviously doesn't have that context.
0: Okay. So now we've got confirmation they're poison and we've caught up to the reading. We finished the reading so far is basically they get reunited. And I have a big question that I think was obvious at the end of the reading is, did Xander know what the tablet's do and Asia you said a second ago you think that he just didn't know right because he's like her he's a citizen he trusts the society and he just thought it was being nice right
1: yeah I'm assuming that he wouldn't know also because just so far that we've gotten off of Xander's character like even if he was upset with Kasha, like with everything that's happened like I don't think that he has enough motivation unless he turns out to be super evil and we get like betrayal plot twist that he wants to kill her Like, you know what I mean?
0: So, yes, that was my initial thought, too. That that's Xander. He's not going to do that. But, but, I feel like we're really being led to think otherwise. Because Xander should, part of it is he's put his little notes from his microcard into each individual, like, foil wrapping. You know how pills come in, like, foil wrappings. And then he's been putting the info of his microcard. So one, we're like, how the... On earth did he even do that? He got his like bio tickets put into the pills. Like, how did he do that? Which means he must have been involved in the process of putting the pills in the sheet. So how does he not know what the pill does? Also, look like this was me spiraling a little bit, yes, when I finished the reading, but I was like, he you know, the basically like the notes have the effect of making Casha wanna keep reading. Like, she opens a couple pills and doesn't take all of them, so she can get more notes at once. And I'm like, You take one, you get slowed down. You take two, you die. And, like, this would be a really easy way to get someone to take two. Also, I, again, might be a little tinfoil, but there is something in it for Xander to kill Kasha. Because if he kills Kasha, he can get a new match. He probably can't be matched right now with anyone else. Wait, really? I have no idea, but I'm saying that, like, that would make sense in the society of, like, you have a perfect match, and your match is still alive and a citizen... But if your match dies, and it wasn't your fault, like, you know, you could probably get assigned to a new match. But he can't be with her, and...
1: You can't... I don't know if you'd be able to get a new match, though, because they all get matched on the same... Like, they get matched at the same age. And I know they're still, like... I think it's still within the same year. Also, that would literally go against their whole idea that you only have one perfect match.
0: I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I feel like... We are definitely, as readers, supposed to wonder, did Xander do that on purpose?
1: No, I think that that is, I like, like, yes, let's put our tinfoil hats on and come up with our conspiracy theories. But I think, for me, I do think we'd really have to get a good explanation for that sort of betrayal, because that is just, to me, a very extreme jump. Like... To go from, this is your best friend, which I understand you want to be matched, to you want to murder her? Like, I don't know. To me, that would be a huge jump. Which, like I said, maybe it could be, Jealousy that, you know, is
0: wild. Other
1: things, like, Cash are running away, affects Xander in other ways that we don't know.
0: Jealousy is wild.
1: And also the idea of, my assumption is that he is, like, supposed to be, like, good. But, like, maybe he really has, like. An inherent evil like lying beneath the surface that we haven't seen. But that would be very dark. But I just think I think it would just be like I don't know. I I do see I see though also how you were saying that he could have known what the blue tablets did because it says like on one of the little notes that he was trained to be like a medical professional or something something like that and i would think that the medical people probably they should i would assume they would know what all the tablets do One would whether hope. he knows that like he's supposed to know that or he found it out like from being in those buildings and like having access to that information so i don't know i definitely don't think it's off the table but i will say i will be a little flabbergasted if he turns out to be evil
0: but that would be such a great plot twist
1: it would be such a great plot twist. what I'm saying, I think it would be really good because I'm saying in the sense of right now, I would be kind of shocked because I wouldn't be expecting that based on what we've gotten of him. I wouldn't expect that of him.
0: Also, he doesn't have to be evil. He just has to be scorned. He could still be a good guy, but he could be like, I'm so freaking hurt because Kasha was my perfect match and she left me But like But to be so aberration. petty that
1: you'd murder somebody, like that's just a big jump. No,
0: I don't think so. Not in a society where they're all crazy. I I don't... I guess. And also, they're kids. They're teenagers. Teenagers make stupid choices all the time.
1: And also, maybe if anything, he could know that the blue tablets, maybe he could think like the blue tablets, like, incapacitate you in some way, but don't kill you. Like, you know what I mean? His information could be, like... Or even like bit. it slows you
0: down, she gets collected by society, she comes back, she lives with him. That's what I'm like, saying. So
1: his motivation would still be scorned in the sense of he doesn't want her to go find Kai. But again, it's the jump of the killing to me that I would really need like a good evil monologue to like really get that explanation on to how he got to that point. So I'm not
0: opposed to it. Let's make the so evil I feel like happen. For
1: me, I would lean more towards that he was misinformed about the blue tablets. He thought that it would like stop her. Sure. Kind of thing. Also because he could think of in the sense of he could think that like oh you know like she's run out of food she's suffering her taking a blue towel but like she'll be saved. Like I'll have saved her. I feel like that's more likely. You know what I mean? That he like maybe he'll have saved her so then she'll come running back to his arms so they can be together. That is more the vibe that I would get as opposed to him going to like full blown I want to kill her. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see whose theory pans out. If you, ha- if you agree with one of our theories or you have a separate theory, let us know. But for me, my final thought was just at the very end, we kind of get Kai and Kasha are all cuddled up. And they're like talking about stuff in Indy. And oh, my God, did we even mention Eli?
0: I mentioned Eli earlier.
1: Oh, OK. Eli is there, and Kasha tells Kai, like, about the tablets or something in the notes, or I think because she tells Kai that, like, she gave up the compass, whatever, and Indy, like, her ears pop up when she realizes that Kasha, like, mentions another guy, (laughs) when she mentions Xander, also because, like, I can't remember exactly what she says, but whatever she says Kai like asks a question it's clearly because he's jealous and like they all can hear it in his voice so like it's obvious that there's like something going on so I would just love to know what like Indy's thinking like if she like discovers like that there's this possible love like there's a love triangle going on with Kasha with Kai and Xander because like, I don't know. I just feel like her thoughts would be really funny.
0: Yeah, I think she...
1: To be like, oh my God, she just chases man down and she's got a man at home? Like,
0: Yeah, also because <laughs> Indy's an aberration, so she can't get matched. And Cash is a citizen and she's throwing it all away. I feel like I feel like Indy will definitely have some dry things to say about that. So do you have anything else before we wrap up? I just have one more quick note.
1: No, I think that's it. What's your last thought?
0: Earlier on... Kasha gets a letter from her brother, Bram, and it basically says that they went through Grandpa... Or maybe maybe before Kasha went to the work camp. They go through Grandpa's things. Grandpa had written down memories for each of them, and his for Kasha was the Red Garden Day. And Kasha's like, I'm sure Grandpa was misremembering. There were many red flowers in the garden. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely a Chekhov's gun. Red Garden Day is definitely going to be important at some point. And <laughs> Kasha's saying... I'm sure Grandpa misremembered. She's definitely wrong. There's definitely a specific Red Garden Day, and Kasha is wrong. And <laughs> I just want to flag it because Ye- it will come back, and I will collect my reward.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you for sure on that. I, Yeah, she says that she thought maybe he'd forgotten S and that he meant Red Garden Days because they had multiple days where they sat in the garden. But whether it was a specific... I was
0: like, Kasha, you're overthinking it, which means you are absolutely wrong.
1: I mean, based on how grandpa was, I don't think that he made a mistake. And I think he's referring to a specific day, whether that means there was like maybe a specific red flower was blooming or something on that day, or it was just a day they were in the garden and he told her something really significant, really important, which in the moment when he told her, she might not have realized its significance. And like, I'm sure she's going to have a memory, like it's going to pop up and she's like, that's what he meant. Like, I feel like that's definitely going to end up being something like that, which like Charles said, the shepherd. Chekhov's gun, like it's been presented, it will come back.
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's all we have for the first half of Crossed.
1: Yep. So next week we will be reading the second half of Crossed. So if you're going to read along with us, you can finish the book for next week.
0: And if you have predictions about the blue tablets or anything, or theories, or questions, or book suggestions, remember that you can just send those to us on the Nerd Party website. You just go to nerdparty.comslash contact, click on our icon for throwback paperback. That'll send us an email. You can also get in touch with the network at large on Twitter at Join Nerd Party or Instagram at The Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. And I'm on Instagram at Seashells.
1: And I'm at Asia Boney on TikTok and Asia.Boney on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on The Nerd Party Network. But make sure you subscribe to us so you don't miss us next week.
0: Yeah, have a good one our subscribe button and we'll see you next week
1: join the revolution join the nerd party